Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast with the team at Mach 1 Financial Group. The Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast starts now. Thanks for joining us this week on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Walter Storholt here alongside David Lee of Mach 1 Financial Group, serving you in Northwest Arkansas. You can find us online by going to mock-1financial.com. Again, that's mock-1financial.com or call 479-876-2100 if you have any questions about your financial plan. That's 479-876-2100. Today we're talking about the four things that we wish everybody knew. If you only knew, boy, as financial professionals, there's a lot of different things we wish everybody understood easily. So what we're going to do is explore how it's the financial advisor's job and how it would be much different and easier if everybody understood these couple of different things. So I'll throw out the item we wish everybody knew, David, and then you tell me why this would make life just so much easier. And then obviously these are the kinds of things I'm sure you strive to teach every day in the office there in Northwest Arkansas. So let's start off with number one. We wish everybody knew that there are trustworthy advisors out there. If we could build a better trust between us all, that ultimately would be a good thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. No. It's so much easier to do business once you've established that trust, right? Once you, once you've gotten to the point where your client trusts you, and to only give them recommendations that are in their best interest, it makes things so much simpler. You can get so much more accomplished in such a shorter period of time. So, so we, I do uh, wish that people know that there are truly trustworthy advisors out there. Here's my advice for how you would find a trustworthy advisor. I think the number one criteria I would look for is. How long have they been around? What are their clients saying about them? You know, has there ever been a time where things didn't go well for you with this particular advisor? And how did that advisor react? In other words, if the, you know, we're all human, we make mistakes. If the advisor made a mistake in in a, on a trade or something like that, how do they fix that? Did they handle it with integrity? Did they do the right thing, even if it cost them money? So those are things I would look for, you know, time in business, because the, as a general rule of thumb, you know, if people aren't doing a good job for people, if they're in it for themselves and not looking out for their client, they're probably not going to last for a real long time anyway. So if they've been in business for a long time and if their clients are generally happy, that's probably a good sign. But to dig a little deeper, I would ask some of those more detailed questions about, well, tell me about a, a time when maybe things didn't go right and how did how did the advisor react? How did they make it right if they've ever made a mistake in the account? Most people you talk to are probably going to say, well, then there's never been a mistake made. But, you know, like I said earlier, we're all humans. And mistakes do happen. So it'd be great if you could find an example of, of where something went wrong, a problem happened, and, and how do they rectify that problem to make it right in the client's best interest. So look for those things, longevity, integrity. Uh, which is why I'm asking, you know, having you ask the question about tell me a time when something didn't go right and how they made it right. That that speaks volumes to integrity. So longevity and integrity and the experience of a of a, across a broad spectrum of of clients. Those are the things I would look for. Makes a lot of sense. So we wish everybody knew that there are trustworthy advisors out there. Something else we wish everybody knew, David. We wish everybody knew that you know they're truly paying for their investments. Nothing in this world is for free. Yeah, that's right. This is a huge one for me. It gets so frustrating sometimes because one of the bad things about the investment world 
is some investment vehicles do make it very difficult to ascertain what you're paying. For example, mutual funds. Not to pick on mutual funds. They're, mutual funds are good vehicles, especially for people who are just getting started investing who don't have a lot of money monthly to put in. But the, one of the downsides of mutual funds is it's it's almost impossible to figure out what you're really paying because even though it's disclosed to you in a prospectus, very few people actually read those things. And even if you did read it and you understand what percent or whatever you're paying in terms of uh, fees within the fund, you don't ever actually see it. There's never actually a debit that shows up on your mutual fund statement that shows how much in fees were taken out of your account for the year. And there's nothing that you can put on your tax return anywhere where you can where you can deduct those fees. So, so not being clear about what fees are being paid is a huge frustrating point for me because you know, oftentimes, or not oftentimes, but sometimes I'll hear from clients after they become a client with me, they start actually seeing what they're being charged for the first time perhaps in their life. They understand what fees they're paying. And sometimes I'll hear a statement to the effect of, well, gosh, I wasn't paying anything where I came from, you know, especially if they were coming from mutual funds. And I have to explain to them, no, you were paying fees. You just didn't know what you were paying. You didn't see it reflected anywhere. So like you said, Walter, no one works for free. That's obvious. All of us understand that at an, at an intuitive level. We can't feed our family. We can't feed our employees if we don't have revenue being generated. And the way you generate revenue in the financial business is either through fees or commissions of some sort. So that's a huge, I'm glad I'm glad that was on the list. That's a huge problem, and that's something that I really wish everybody had a better feel for what they're actually paying in their investments because nothing is free in this world. Yeah, it sounds like a big sticking point with a lot of different people that you meet with, and so important to underscore that for sure. Something else we wish everybody knew as we're counting down the top four things that we wish everybody kind of uh, embodied and, and knew these things going into the process, and if you do know these things, I think it'll make the whole process seamless and smoother. We wish everybody, David, knew what their real risk potential was in their portfolio instead of just choosing to focus on the upside potential. Yeah, that's a huge one for me as well. You know, it's fun to focus on the upside, but the truth of the matter is no advisor can guarantee you any sort of rate of return unless you're putting money in a fixed guaranteed product such as a CD or a or a fixed annuity. Other than that, other than a guaranteed fixed interest earning vehicle, which is going to, you know, generally speaking in this uh, current interest rate environment, about the highest you'll see there on a guaranteed basis is around 3% a year for a, for like a five-year term. So anything above about three, you're going to have to take some level of risk to get there. And just because you're taking risk doesn't mean that you'll make a certain rate of return, right? All that taking risk means is that you've got more risk. Generally, over a longer period of time, that means you probably or you should expect to have a higher rate of return, but it's certainly not a guarantee. So I definitely you know, want people to focus more on the downside risk than the upside potential because if the upside is mostly linked to the performance of the economy and the market, right, which we have no control over. I think the market and the economy is going to do well because of recent tax cuts and because of demographic factors and some other things, but I don't know. But if the economy does well and we're positioned in, in the market or in vehicles that are correlated to the market, those assets will perform well. But what if the market does poorly? What if the market goes down? Well, we're going to have more risk if we're correlated to the market. So it's, I would argue that it's much more important to focus on the downside than the upside. 
you probably heard the uh, phrase before, Walter, that defense wins championships. Sure. You know, they, they use that term in sports. It's true in finance as well. Defense is what wins championships. Defense is what wins in the long run. Focusing on, on upside will eventually catch you because if you're focusing on the upside, that means you're probably taking more risk than you need to take. So, yeah, definitely have a better understanding of what your downside risk is rather than just focusing on the upside. To finish this question, I'll give you one other quick analogy. You know, sometimes I'll tell clients, I'll say, well, look, you could go across the border here into Oklahoma to one of the casinos and you might make a hundred percent return in one night. You might double your return in one night, but was your risk adjusted return very good? And obviously they'll say, well, no, you know, I could have lost it all on one bet or whatever. That's right. So focus on the downside risk that you're taking, not just the upside. What we focus on here at Mach 1 is the best possible risk adjusted return risk-adjusted return. So for the risk that you're taking, we want the return to be as high as possible. Yeah, there's another <clears throat> football saying too, David, that uh, fits right in line with that. The best offense is a good defense. That's and, right. Uh, fits right in with your championship idea <clears throat> as well. Yep. Last but not least, the four things that we wish everybody knew. We wish everyone knew the motivations behind the information that they might hear on TV read in magazines, or find during a Google search. Yeah, this is another big one. You know, you always, always, no matter what the product is that's being advertised, if it's a a Ford truck ad or a GM truck ad or whatever it may be, obviously Ford's not going to tell you how great GM is, and GM's not going to tell you how great Ford is. They're going to tell you how much better their, their product is compared to the competitor or In some cases, they might even trash the competitor's product and tell you how bad the the competitor's product is. So always, always, regardless of what the product is, whether it be financially related or anything, always consider the source and know that sources are naturally biased. So if you see, for example, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Ken Fisher. If you see Ken Fisher on TV saying things like, I'll never sell an annuity or annuities are the devil or whatever it is, you know, understand that he's got a certain agenda. And by the same token, if you see an insurance salesperson on the on the TV talking about how annuities are the greatest thing since sliced bread and you ought to have, you know, all your money in it, well, they've got a certain agenda as well. And neither one have the whole truth behind them. There are certain advantages and disadvantages to every investment vehicle, whether that investment vehicle be an annuity, whether that investment vehicle be Stocks, bonds, options, hedging strategies, mutual funds, ETFs, every single thing known to man has pros and cons to it. And that's why our approach at Mach 1 is we use a little bit of all of it because they all have pros, they all have cons. So use another, I like using analogies a lot. I was an Air Force pilot by background, as you know, Walter, and uh, I flew fighters. I flew the F-16. Well, the F-16 had certain pros and cons to it. There are certain things we could do. There are certain things we couldn't do. For example, one of the things we couldn't do very well, we had a pretty small radar. So guess what? We have another weapon system called the AWACS, Airborne Warning and Control System, which is a big, like, 707 passenger jet that has a giant radar dome on the top of it. And they would sit way back behind the fighter cover, way back behind the the enemy lines and with that giant radar they could see well beyond where our small radars could see and we would kind of use their radar to tell us where the bad guys were well the AWACS has certain advantages and disadvantages to it too right the advantages are its radar capability disadvantages are 
It has no defensive capabilities. So the AWACS needs us for defensive production. We need them for the radar coverage. And then we need other players like the, the F-15s for the air-to-air cover so that we don't get shot down by enemy fighters. And we need other assets like the, the, the folks who shoot high-speed anti-radiation missiles at the air-to-air radar sites. So the point I'm making is that just like in combat, you need different assets because each different combat asset has certain unique advantages and disadvantages. There's no one weapon system that can get the entire job done and done done well. So you have to use a number of different assets working together to their strengths and minimizing their weaknesses to get the job done effectively. It's no different in the world of finance. There are certain things that annuities can do. There are certain things that annuities can't do. There are certain things that stocks and bonds and ETFs can do. There are certain things they can't do. And so we use all of the above. We use the all of the above approach because we know that that is what makes the best possible portfolio. And just having a, being able to make a broad statement that, well, this thing is bad or that thing is bad is just a very closed-minded way to, you know, conducting portfolio management, in my opinion. Yeah, there's no such thing as a bad tool. It's just in how you use them and for what purpose. That's right. That makes makes complete sense. So if you're interested in talking a little bit more about your financial plan, some of the things that we've talked about on today's show, you know, the four things that we wish everybody knew in the financial world. And if you didn't know any of these four or you only knew half of them, might be worth having a conversation about your financial plan with David Lee, Kyle Alexander, and the team at Mach 1 Financial Group so that you can talk in a little bit more depth about some of the improvements you might want to try and make in the future. And you can have that conversation by calling 479-876-2100. Again, that's 479-876-2100. And you can have a conversation about your plan, find out where you currently stand financially, and what adjustments you might want to make so that you can have the best plan possible going forward. 479-876-2100 is the number to call. One more time, that's 479-876-2100. This has been the Mach 1 Market Moment with David Lee of Mach 1 Financial Group. Advisory services offered through Fusion Capital Management, which is registered as an investment advisor with the SEC and only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission and does not imply that the advisor has achieved a particular level of skill or ability. Please consult your financial advisor as many financial and insurance products have associated fees. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss.